why I had to use this throne as an example to you, like a prop to share with you. It's because every one of you, every person in this house, you have this thing inside of you. For good and bad reasons, by the way. Thrones are always thrones. It depends on who sits on the throne. So everybody has a throne in their heart. But the question becomes, who is sitting on your throne? Or the throne in your heart? Now, you know, I, I, I put up the, we put up the fly and a lot of people say, oh my God, Game of Thrones. Now, I wasn't privileged to watch the movie, but I read the book. Or the, the drama, or whatever it is. But a lot of you that watched that, that series, you haven't done your homework, to be honest. Because that is one of five. The Game of Thrones is the first series in 1996 that is one of five. Now, this guy called R.R. R. Martin is a, is a writer. He's a, a fictional and non-fictional writer as well. But you put up a, what you call a sequel, like a series. And the name of the series is called Fire and Ice. And season one or series one is called Game of Thrones. I'll put it down here. Series, two, series one is called Game of Thrones. It was, um, he wrote that in 1996. The second series is called A Clash of Kings. In 1998, the third one is called A Storm of Swords. In 2000, a fourth one was called A Feast for Crowds. In 2005, and the last one is A Dance with Dragon. In 2011. Now, some of you have watched some, but to understand the Game of Thrones really is to watch the entire series. Someone whom I know watched the movie back and forth, drank the movie, ate the movie, and they gave him a t-shirt, was Emmanuel. <laughs> it's right, Emmanuel, come. Come. This young man did not just watch the movie. The movie watched him. Amanda, I want to come too, but up there. Amanda, Amanda, come. Emmanuel, come too. These two people, come. Yeah. Pity tried. She did for like a couple of weeks and she, she gave up. She watched it. Yeah. By the way, she says match. That's the reason why. Come. <laughs> These two people watched the Game of Thrones so much so that they gave them a souvenir. This is from Game of Thrones themselves. It's from the executive producers. They have to send it to them not to see that. Thank you very much. <laughs> but you see, um, the reason why I, I had to put a Game of Thrones is because the, the sermon for today is Sons and Slaves. And, and the Game of Thrones really is about the, the game for power. It's a power toggle. The need to shine and show forth. It's a power thing. And, and this power thing is not just new to the contemporary church. The power thing has been from the creation of time. It was because of power that Lucifer was cast out of heaven. It was because of power that man ate of the tree. It was because of power that you had the Edomians, or what you call the, uh, because a lot of you may not even know this, that Herod is not, a, and Israel is from Edomia. And Edomia is a, a, a Greek name for the word Edom, Edomites. It was for power. It was at the time of the the, the, the Hasmoneans, the Maccabean revolts, 
And you realize in scripture, so much so that it was because of power that the kingdom was divided. It was for power that Jeroboam and Rehoboam became arch enemies. It was for power that you had the southern kingdom, take it by the Babylonians, and the northern kingdom, take it by the Assyrians. It was for power that Herod says, uh, Herod was scared when the, the Parthians came and said, where is he who was born king of the Jews? Why do you think he was upset and angry? Or why do you think he was afraid? Because he was not Jewish, he was from Edomia. And now the, the, the Parthians, the priests, uh, uh, the, the, the ones who would commemorate kings that come and said, we heard news that someone who is born king of the Jews, and the guy was angry. He was like, he was upset. He was, he was all over the place. Why do you think a whole king was shaking? Why do you think a whole king was like, oh my God, what's going on? The reason why was because a king was prophesied in Micah. That the king would be born. And he knows that he knew at the time that he wasn't the Jewish guy. And then someone had come. And that's the reason why when you read the Bible, be very careful to understand the historical context. But there was no way three men would come and the king would be, would be afraid. It wasn't three men that came. And they were not wise men either. The word is the word magi. The word magi is the transliteration of the word magistrain. From where you get magistrates. These were people who would, some call them astrologers, which is true actually. But these were people who would commemorate kings. But what you guys may not realize that they are from the eastern part of Persia. Remember, it was Persia that conquered Babylon. The eastern part was not conquered. They stayed for over a thousand years. And these were the part that would commemorate kings. And whenever you find these, the, the, the Levites to the Jews, it's like the Magi's to the Persians. Iran, or Iran, whatever you call it today. And then when they came and said, where is he who is born king of the Jews? This Herod, Herod guy was, oh my God, finally the king is born. Because he knew that someone was coming to take over his throne, power. If you spend the time to look at the three types of Herods, you know, because the Herodians became a movement. You have the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essenes, the Zealots, and the Herodians. The Herodians are Political people, they were the ones who we believe that they wanted to sit on the throne from Pompeii, church history. And the throne was so powerful that a man had to kill his brother for that throne. Are you hearing me, church? It was because of power that that lady listened to a serpent and ate from the tree. Because she wanted to be like God. Are you hearing me, church? And if you have the time, do your own study. I like a, a, a serious Bible study church. Created in God's image and created as God's image. That's a, a Bible study. Maybe the, the, the Bible study team will, will have to teach on that. If we're really created in God's image or as God's image. But all these things you find in scripture is power. And a lot of times when you study the Bible, you find out a lot of people say stuff like, well, the southern kingdom, we are good people. No, there were good people in the northern kingdom and there were bad people in the southern kingdom. Are you hearing me, church? Just because it's the southern kingdom from where you have Judah doesn't mean that they were all good. They were bad kings and they were good kings. The northern kingdom had good kings. The southern kingdom had bad kings also. The, the good ones came to the south. The bad ones went up north. But I spend the time to understand why this power. So much so that you may not even know the news of the, of the king. And everyone is asking what's going to happen. He, the news has come out, he's got cancer. 
I think it's pancreatic cancer. Now it's going to be power. Togo. It's going to be, who's going to be the next king? If anything happens, we're praying for him. But it's going to be, who's going to be the next king again? Power. Where I come from, unfortunately, power rule the state, power rule the country. It's not the right to vote. You vote because you just want to cast the electoral process, but it's not your vote that put people in power. It's this power that put people in power. Power. This thing called money can take you anywhere. Power. So as I spend the time to look at this context of the battle of the throne, the, the game of thrones, one's going to come in, one's going to go out. But we can bring this to practical reality. That every one of you in your heart, there is a throne. And the question today, who sits or what sits on the throne? Because whatever sits on the throne controls the subject. Are you hearing me, church? Whatever sits, anything that sits on this throne controls the subject. So it is not you doing things by your will. Paul would say, even Paul, the writer to the Romans, would say, the things that I want to do, I cannot do it. And the things that I don't want to do, I find myself, Paul is saved. Paul is a teacher of teachers. And Paul would say, I struggle doing good. Because there is something sitting on this throne. Amen, church. If you have your Bibles quickly, Genesis chapter number one. Let's do some exegesis quickly. Genesis chapter number one. I'll read verse 26. All right. The Bible says, then God said, let us make man. Now, depending on, I don't want to go into the whole idea of the Trinity and all that. But let us make man in our image. According to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Somebody say dominion. So when God created the man, God gave man the dominion mandate. Let them have dominion. So the Bible says, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and everything, on, and, and, over all, and over all the earth, and over every creepy thing that creeps on the earth. So God gave man the dominion mandate to radar. The word radar means to to rule, rule over the earth, rule over my creation. But let's keep, let's keep going, verse 27. So God created the man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them, 28. Then God blessed them. It's interesting how God blessed them. I, I, I've tried to reason, and, and, and I call it a contemplative prayer. There's a theologian called Hans Ons von Batasse. He's a Swiss Catholic theologian. And he tries to understand what it meant for God, who is spirit, to interact with man. And I think a lot of us, we haven't really understood the nature of prayer. I've been reading on prayer very recently. And the context of prayer has been, has been blowing my mind. How, have, you, have you spent the time to think how you pray to God? Do you contemplate in your prayer? Do you think? Because one of the things the church has done, because let me, let me help you. The word theology never meant study of God. The word theology meant prayer. The word theology meant prayer. Because in the understanding of prayer, there is no distinction between theology and spirituality. It's the same thing. 
So when we pray to God, have you ever taken a time to contemplate what contemplate means to reason? Have you taken a time to reason that you are speaking to God? But you will never understand God until you understand the Son of God. Are you following me, church? Because Jesus is the image, the character, the representation of God. No man has seen God at any time. The only way to understand the logic of God, to understand the aesthetics of prayer, to understand the drama in this activation, is to understand who Christ is. Are you hearing me, church? How do you know God is beautiful? Because Christ is. And, and, and the theologians call this doxological contemplation where the word doxology means doxa, it means glory. And logos means obviously the word. It, it, is, it is contemplating in prayer when you are asking God. And, and I think that the reason why we, we, we have an African context to prayer because in our minds, prayer is asking God. But that was not the definition. That is supplication. Prayer itself is not asking God. Prayer is a deliberate contemplation and active response. Where I'm speaking to God not for a need. I'm speaking to God because I'm his son. We've reduced prayer to a child going to his father and saying, Daddy, I need, Daddy, I need. The father will be frustrated because the father wants relationship with the child. So, as a father, I will get frustrated if my child, all that he does is only come to me to ask. That is the African mindset. Give me, 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 give me. And God will be like, but I, I want a relationship with you. How many of you would, would you know you have prayed to God without asking him? Many times you don't. Many times you don't. Because at the end, Lord, you know what? You know my job. You know my... You know, let me even help you understand. Because I, the, the innovate, by the way, we're going to have a life tomorrow, by the way, guys. If you're not there tomorrow, I don't know. If you are single, I want to call out your husband's name. I will put on the prophet's heart and say, hey! Yeah. Huh? Precious! I see your name. All right, calm down. But tomorrow we're going to be talking about, you know, the, 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 the love clinic. Or the Q&A that Instagram has flagged my account a lot. I don't know who's reporting me. I don't know. I've given up on them. I say one thing, flag. Even to mention needle, they flagged me. I didn't say COVID. I said needle. I was flagged. So we have a space where we can talk and nothing will stop us. Amen. But, 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 but think about it. And, and, and one of the things I'm going to do at the church and at Trini is to teach about prayer. I gave, I was on Instagram, right? And I told the people, and I've done it in person as well when I was in America. Do you know that the average Pentecostal cannot pray for five minutes without tongues? Why? If I give, come down, if I give you, the average Pentecostal believer cannot pray five minutes without tongues. You know the reason why? It is not spirituality. No. It is lack of content. If I tell you, for instance, just thank the Lord and, and worship his name. Why are you speaking in tongues? To thank the Lord. What are you... Sp- 
thank the Lord. What, why does he need tongues? For we do not know what to pray as we ought. But you know what to pray. Thank him. The reason why you, you, you start your prayers in, in Jesus' name. No, what are you doing? The reason why most believers pray in tongues within five minutes of prayer is because they don't have a content or context to pray from. And because there is no context, they begin to pray, or I call it the lazy Pentecostalism. And what is lazy Pentecostalism? It's a way to revert because you have no context. I don't have any word anymore. No. If you have time to study the word, you will have time to develop a library, a robust library that you can pray from. So I question your tongues. Is your tongues an outpour of excesses or a lack of? Are you hearing me, church? Let me tell you how you know that you are praying. I've done the exercise. I struggle too. Pray 30 minutes without tongues. You will find out that you're stuck. Are you following me, church? You find out that you're stuck. But why are you stuck? You are stuck because you don't have content to pray from. So if you have enough content, you will pray in no languages. Are you hearing me? So keep the mystery sometimes. You only pray in mystery when you don't know what to pray as you ought. But when you know, if I say pray for your job, pray for your job. What is rakeparakato? No, that time will come. But pray for your job. Start with the English. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to minimize the place of glossolia. I love it. I speak, I rap in tongues. I love it. But the tongue should not be because I have I've lost words. It's because I have so many words. And the best way to express it is in mystery. Yeah. Are you hearing me, church? So when God created man, I've always wondered, how did God communicate with Adam in the garden? If God is a spirit, then how did God communicate with Adam? Have you spent the time to think about it? How did God incarnate? Because God is immaterial. And now man is on the earth, in the garden. How can an immaterial God have communication? We call it the, I call it the, okay, let's do that now. How did God communicate with man as a spirit? And it is that essence of God that becomes a Trinitarian fellowship. Because if God, who is spirit, communicated with man, walked in the garden, the Bible says the Ruach of God, was it the spirit that walked in the garden or the incarnation of God, the theophany of God? Is it God as Jesus? But that's not the main thing. So the Bible said, go back to, go back to the scripture. But I'm challenging your theologies today. Then God blessed them and God said to them, how did God say to them from heaven? Was it like, Adam and Eve? Or was a person, or did one of the guys come out of the Trinity and become a person before he incarnated in the New Testament? That's Teotokos. Oh God, no time today. And, and that's why there's an argument between is Mary the mother of Jesus or the bearer of God? Because Jesus was born, but that was not when he existed. He had to be born in the law. He did not, he wasn't born as he was born in the law. 
so he can dismantle the power of the Lord. But hold on one moment. When God spoke to them, how did God speak? Was it God the Father who spoke? Or was it one of the Trinity who spoke? Because God spoke to them. And the Bible says, and God said to them, be fruitful. Understand the indicative mood here. It's not telling them to think about fruitfulness. The dominion mandate is a command for man to be. Are you hearing me, church? God said, be. Somebody said, be fruitful. Uh, God wasn't saying, think about it. Or let's have a conversation. It is a command for man to multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. I love the scripture. I love the Bible. And I pray the Lord give us time. Be fruitful and multiply. And that word in the Septuagint is the word. The word Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. That when you find the word and is the word kai, which connect two words together. Now the reason why, in Hebraism, understand our language are used as phonemes or phonetics. When the Bible says be fruitful and multiply, do you know that it is possible to be fruitful and not multiply? Yeah? To multiply in the, 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 the Old Testament is always written in an agricultural context. To be fruitful means that you are seasonal. To multiply means you cut across seasons. So there are people who are only fruitful at a certain time of the year. Maybe the first quarter, they are fruitful. And from March, uh, sorry, from April down to December, their business, the works are not working. But the word fruitfulness means that I'm not just bringing forth fruit, but also multiplying across different seasons. Are you hearing me, church? And that's what we want as a church. I do not want you guys to be fruitful only in the first quarter of the year. And then from the month of May, you're broke. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. And subdue. I like that word subdue. And subdue it. And he said, have dominion over the fish of the sea. The fowls of the earth. And he went on about So God gave Adam and Eve. The dominion mandate to be. And the, the context of being is not doing. It didn't say do fruitful things. Do multiplication. Be. That everything you can ever become is already inside of you. Means manifest. Are you hearing me, church? It is manifest the goodness that is in you. The great, you just have to manifest it. Be fruitful. He didn't tell you to work for it. Be it. Same word as the be attitude. It's a be attitude thing, not a do attitude. It's be. Are you hearing me, church? Be means that I am revealing everything God has put in my inside. I'm postured for greatness that is in my inside. Be a millionaire. Are you hearing me, church? Actually, that word be in the original, let me help you again. Let me help you again. The original meaning of the prophetic has been lost in translation in antiquity. The word prophet doesn't really mean what it, you think it is. The word prophet was lost in antiquity. So they brought three languages, which is Akkadian, they brought Hebrew, and they brought Arabic. And they look for the, the meaning, because to understand a noun, you must first identify the root verb derivative. Innovate. No time. Because the word prophet has more original meaning to the, to the, to the Akkadian than it is to the Jew, to the, to the Hebrew. 
Anyway, so everything you can always become is inside of you. So God gave Adam and Eve. And God says, listen, Adam, dominate. You are the boss. How about the fish of the sea? Dominate. The water elements. How about the flowers of the air? Dominate. The, 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 the air. Air bends. <laughs> over the land, dominate. The air earth. So God gave man the decree to dominate over everything that man has been born to do. Chapter number two of the book of Genesis. We're going so very slowly. Chapter number two, verse 15 to 17. So for this domination, there will be conditions. Amen. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden. Somebody say garden. garden. It is not where you plant tomato and pepper. That is a very unfortunate translation. Put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. That was man's first job description. Before you go there, men, let me ask the, if you are a woman and you have a father, a grandfather, maybe great-grandfather, you have a brother, you have a nephew, you have a cousin, who's a guy, under 20 of, who want to see them? If you are a girl and a guy likes you, say yes. <laughs> Calm down. Break up later. Calm down. If a guy likes you, tell them, oh, I'm going to give you a try. We have to invite you to church, to our event. Are you hearing me? Bring the men. If you have an ex. Unless you're married. If you have an ex, text them. They need Jesus. So, but I really want to invite you guys, um, women, to understand the perspective. So, no women, invite your, your men, your brothers, the, the man. Anything that has a loin, invite them. All right? Now, the reason why the Bible says, so, the, the, the only job description God gave man, and everything God said to man, be. But God said, this is your responsibility to tend and to keep. But these words are actually priestly tied to the caporate. They are not just a normal word. They are words for priest. To tend means to serve. To keep means to protect. Are you hearing me, church? So Adam's duty was to serve and protect God's economy. Are you hearing, church? Adam's responsibility was to serve and protect God's economy. What was God's economy? The garden. Why was the garden different? The garden was in the east of Eden. The east is always the gate. The east is always the front. The east represents Judah. The word garden actually in the Hebrew is the word gan, which means enclosure. So God took the man from Eden and put man in the garden to do his priestly function. But why is this important? Because God had to make the garden a throne. Because man do not have a right to have dominion if it's on the same level as what he dominates. Are you hearing me, church? So God had to take the man from Eden and elevated man and gave man the first throne called the garden. It is from the garden that man has rule over God's creation. Are you following me, church? Follow me slowly. And God put him in the garden to dress and to keep. Verse 16. Let's go quickly. What time? 16, 17, I believe. 
16. Then the Lord God, sorry there. And, and the Lord God, broke, it's one for you. In Genesis chapter number one, hear me. Genesis one, all you find is God. Genesis two, all you find is Lord God. You know the reason why? The word Lord God speaks of the Elohim Adonai, one of the three. In chapter number one, let us, the Trinitarian concept of fellowship. In chapter number two, the Lord God, the Elohim Adonai, the Adonai is the one who sits between the cherubim, Christ. One of the three came out of the Godhead because Jesus is the embodiment of the Godhead. One of them came out in the creation of man. Follow me slowly, church. Bible says, and the Lord God commanded the man, commanded, saying, of Edna, God has given man the decree. Of every tree in the garden, freely eat. Go on. 17. But, have you noticed it? Because we read Romans in a moment. You realize that sin has always been in the world. But because sin was not imputed, it was okay. Immediately sin, immediately the law was given. People now want to try it. Have you, have you not noticed it? That the forbidden fruit is the sweet one. Have you not noticed it? Before the law was given, you didn't care about it. Are you following me, church? Before the law was given, you didn't care about it. Like a child misbehaving and the parents won't say anything about it. But immediately the parents say, stop touching that keyboard. Because it is in the nature of men to break law. Or break laws. So Paul would write that sin was in the world, but it wasn't imputed until the law came. And when the law came, we were driven to do the things that we wouldn't want to do originally. Bible says, but all the, imagine of all the trees, God, God said, only one, don't touch. Only this one, of all the trees. Please, there were 10 billion species of plants. Don't, don't touch, touch everything but this, this little one. Don't just, just leave this one here. It's that one that the woman, anyway. <laughs> but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. Follow me, guys. You shall not eat. For in the day that you eat, you shall surely die. The sort of thing that you may not realize here, there are two types of death here in one word. You shall surely die naturally, but also die spiritually. You shall surely die. The natural physical death means separation of the soul from the body. Spiritual death is separation of the soul from God. The natural death is separation of the soul from the body. Everyone's going to die. But the spiritual death is separation of the soul from God. Actually, if you are a Christian... You are born twice, you will die once. If you are an unbeliever, you are born once, you will die twice. Are you following me? 
If you are saved, you'll be born twice. Natural birth and spiritual regeneration. But you only die once. And the diet one is the physical death. But if you're an unbeliever, you're born once, natural, but you die twice, physically and spiritually. So the Bible says that the day that you eat of this tree, surely that God was saying to man, that if you eat of this tree, there will be separation naturally and separation spiritually. And what does separation mean to God? It means that you're no longer in my presence. It means that I don't see you anymore. You're not, you are dead. So God gave man the, the, the covenant of dominion to rule over. But how would man rule when man dies? Are you following me, church? Chapter number three, verse number one, quickly. I'm beating up a case slowly. I've got time. Now, chapter number three, verse number one of Genesis. Chapter three, verse number one. Let's read. Okay. Do you have a Bible, guys? It's taking time. Genesis, just the next chapter. Good. Now, <laughs> do I do this one now? Okay. Let's actually do it. Okay. Now, because we are still in Genesis chapter number two, let's look at Genesis, that same Genesis chapter number two. And verse is 25. Because you've read it before. Let's see Genesis 2.25. Let's see what Moses would write. You know Moses wrote the, the, the book of Genesis, right? Good. Genesis chapter number 2. I'll read from my Bible anyway. The Bible says, And they were both naked. The man and his wife. And we're not ashamed. Hold on. They were naked. And they were not ashamed. Think about it. They were naked. No leaf, no bra, no pants, no boxes. But they were not. Hold on one moment. Because shame is not the lack of clothes. It's the lack of glory. What covered them was the glory of God. They were covered in light. So they were naked, but they were not ashamed. But when they ate of the trees, they hid themselves. Why? Why did they hide themselves? Because what covered them was lost. So shame is not from clothing. I don't have clothes. No. The nakedness there was they were not ashamed because they were covered in light. They were glorified. There was no presence of sin. They were glorified. But guess what? When they ate of the trees, one man ate of the trees and hid himself among the trees. The next man gave himself as the tree and was exposed on the cross. Follow me again. One man took, one man gave himself. Are you following me, church? One man ate of the trees and was hiding his shame. One man gave himself on the tree and exposed himself. That is the picture of regeneration. What Adam sinned against God, he hid himself. But the tree, the tree that Genesis chapter number three. I don't want to. I don't want to go into. There's a contest called kenosis and plenosis, but that's not for this house. That's not for now. The time will come. Understanding how God emptied Himself. Genesis chapter number three. 
We're getting there. Are you there? Now, the python. <laughs> now, the serpent was more cunning. Remember, remember, it's always about the Game of Thrones. Remember when he was in heaven, this serpent, he had a responsibility. And the Bible calls him the anointed cherub. The Meshiach, the one that is separate, the separated cherub. He had an office. He was the archangel or archcherub. He, was, he, had his own, he, was, he had his own rule. So much so that he, Bible says in Isaiah, that he wanted to be like God. So much so that he had to be cast down. And now he's cast down from where he had authority to the earth. Where he wants to displace man from his authority. Are you hearing church? The Bible says now the serpent. The word serpent is the word nakash, which means the shining one. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, he said, not eat, e. He said to the woman, has God indeed said you should not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but... Of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat, nor shall you touch it. That's a lie, by the way. And the devil knows when he knows when you lie. She, she added to the word of the Lord. God never said, Don't touch it. He said, Don't eat it. And a lot of times when you read the Bible and when you isolate it, when you impose on the scripture, you get a false revelation called heresy. Why do you have many heresies today? Because people impose on the scriptures and have conjectures. Conjectures is not it's not doctrine. Are you hearing me, church? Let's understand what we think it means from what it really says. Because a lot of things, we, especially in the Pentecostal churches, we always like imposing on what God is not saying. I will wonder why we have so, much, so many foolishness happening in the body of Christ today. Because we like to impose conjecture. So a woman of God will say, angel, angel from Africa. <laughs> All the foolishness I hear believers saying, Talking about, I saw an angel with a batch number. What foolishness is that? An angel has AA405. That's their number. That's heresy. Let, let's, let's be serious with this. The Bible says in Revelation, he who adds to the word, it will be added on you. And he will be very careful. Because the devil knows when you've lied. God never said don't touch. He said don't eat. When she said don't touch, dang, dang, I've caught you, you've lied. Because the devil will always look for that weak link. Okay. I don't know if I've told you this before. I'm, I say it online. Let me say it right now. I've, I've told you, done it before. If I tell my wife to fast for two days for a breakthrough. Are you following me? Fast and pray two days for a breakthrough. If my wife fasts and prays for three days, it's not going to work. Enthusiasm is not the same as prophetic. If I say to Sophie, the Lord says to pray from 1 o'clock to 1.10. If she prays from 1 o'clock to 1.11, it's not going to work. Because prophecy is not dependent on your enthusiasm. It's dependent on obedience. Are you hearing me, church? So if I say the church fast for 10 days, for a certain breakthrough, if you fast for 11 days, it becomes a hindrance. It become an Achan. So what you do as a church is to fast for your 10 days, break with the church, and continue later. 
Are you hearing me? Because anything that is outside the community of oneness becomes what? It becomes a, a rebellion. Many people became so passionate about their God that they tried to please God by excesses. But so 10 days is too small. Let's do 21 days. You become an Achan. Achan was the reason why they didn't prosper. I know you want to fast 21 days, but when we say fast 10 days, stay within the community of obedience. That's where God's, that's the opening God has created in that space. Prophecy do not work by passion. It is in obedience. Let me tell you the one that might blow your mind. If your pastor says so five pounds, don't so six, don't so five hundred, so five. Don't give God the don't no. I know you want to give God give God the five first. Can I give you one million later? Because the prophecy always works within the within the the, the the conduit of obedience. If you give God five million when God says five pounds, you would wonder that there's no testimony. You know the reason why? Because you think you can overcompensate with God. Are you hearing me, church? So when God says no, you cannot please God. Because your manifestation is within the remit of obedience. If I tell you, give me five pounds, don't give me six, but give me a million later, I'll take it. <laughs> but for the now, give me the six one first, the, tomorrow give me the million. I'll take it. What am I trying to say? Every time you get a prophetic word, there's always a clause to it, a condition to it. Because you don't understand that there are two types of prophecies. Conditional and unconditional. Our conditional prophecy means that if you don't partner, it won't work. Unconditional means that you don't have anything to do, just, uh, just believe God. Many people didn't get their prophecies come to pass because they shouted amen and slept. Are you hearing me, church? So this serpent came to the garden and turned to the woman, you shall not eat or touch it lest you die. Verse number four. Yeah, verse number four. For God knows that in the day, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Now, look at the contract, the, the direct defiance. God said you shall surely die. Now, this is the part I don't understand about I love my sisters. I love you, but I don't get it. God told you, you will not surely die. A snake told you, you will surely die. You left God. I was talking to a python. Are you following me, church? But tell the reason why she listened to the serpent. Tell the reason why. Because there was something she needed that she felt she didn't have. You know, the, you know what she felt she needed? The one thing that God said, don't take. That one thing, she felt like if I, if I take that one thing, I'll be like God. So she wondered and asked herself, but why? That's the problem with many of you in the church. Why am I not the one chosen? What did the apostle give and not give the next? Why not me? Because if I gave you, it would kill you. Sometimes thank God for the fact that you're not chosen. Because a lot of times the weight that comes with the mantle can crush you. You don't understand that the first enemy of David was not Goliath. was the armor of Saul. I would say Saul could not walk in them for it was crushing him. How can you fight a Goliath when you, the Saul and the armor, the, 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 the breastplate were too heavy? So David's first enemy was not Goliath. It was the mantle that he wasn't ready for. Be very careful. 
This is, this is not rehearsal. This thing can kill you. The weight of the mantle will kill you if you're not caught for it. It can ruin your family if you're not caught for it. That, this thing here is not a playing ground. And I, and I wonder why people are so, listen, people like us, I don't, I don't want to do ministry. I, if God tell me someone, quit, Baba, Eshe, 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 Baba. I will run. Twally. Who don't want to do this stuff? Don't want to do this stuff. You don't know what happened. You see me on Sunday, laugh with you. Laugh, you've seen my bliss at my eyes. Every, 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 after every deliverance, red eyes, blood clots in my eyes. You don't understand. I, I don't sleep after preaching. She be in bed. She's gone. She's gone. I'm not sleeping. Close your eyes. You're seeing a demon. I, do you know what it means to cast a demon at church and meet you at home? I'm not joking. It's not scam hungry. That you, you will deal with a deliverance, deliverance stuff. You will feel your body broken physically. You don't understand that after prayers, after prayer on Sunday, I go to the, we have a board, a, a chef in our, in our house. We have all the medicine. I'll be, babe, I broke for Please, paracetamol, please. You don't understand. This thing here will crush you. Will crush you. They not work when God tells you don't take money. <laughs> you will ca- and, 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 and you would have to see the people to deliver them. You don't understand this thing. It will kill you if you're not caught for it. I beg you, if you're not caught for this thing, unless you're not caught for it. The people that are doing it that are not caught, I don't know. But I promise you, I will, this mark, I will throw it away. I will run. If I go tell me Sunday is done, in fact, I won't wait till Sunday, I'll tell you on Monday. The devil was in direct defiance against God. The next verse, let's keep going, verse number five. For God knows that the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be. What is God? One who sits on the throne. God doesn't want you to eat it because if you eat it, you have a throne. The Bible says, knowing good from evil. That's what a judge does. A judge knows. You know what a judge is, right? The judge, good and evil. That's what God, God is called the judge. The Jehovah means the judge. Let's keep going. Verse number six. So when the woman saw, now that's a problem because she's seen it before. More than she saw it again. Because what the devil does is that when he wants you to be in direct defiance with God, he amplifies your evil. You hear, have you not noticed? You hear clearly to do bad than to hear the voice of God. In fact, your prophetic gaze is 100 when it's to do bad. But to do the will of God, sometimes God, I'm still asking, for four days we hear God, five days we hear God, why? Because the devil always amplifies evil. And that's the reason why precision, when you get precise prophetic word, judge it well. When the word of the Lord is so precise, judge it well. You know the reason why? Because the devil will give you precision so you don't judge what God is saying. Do you know what precision means? Do you know what it means? Because the devil will, will, will compliment you with what you think is right, but you are in direct defiance. That's what the Bible says. When she saw, that word saw is the word ra. From where you have the word roe. The word roe is a seer. She was a seer, but she saw for evil. 
When she saw that the tree definitely was good for food, when she, the, the tree has always been there. Without the law, there is no knowledge of evil. But when God has given her the law, now she knows, I want to try it. That's why even in the church today, if I tell you guys, don't do this thing, the first alarm is why. It's, it's the nature of man. If I say don't do it, my heart will say, I would expect to say, okay, but your mind will be, why is I supposed to say don't do it? Because man is always responsive to negations. Responsive to negations. Whenever something is not affirmative, a lot of times they want to question the intentions. Why did I supposed to say don't touch it? But if I tell you touch it, you say, what's the problem to touch it? <laughs> because the, the, the man is always, in our mind, we are always the antithesis. We are always, but why? The opposite. So the Bible says that, and when she saw that the tree was good for food, for food, she saw the tree. It's been there, but now she saw what she wasn't meant to see. Are you hearing me, church? I'm very careful to see us because not everything... <laughs> You want to hear this? Should I say it now? If you are living in sin and then your vision is precise, it is the devil. If you don't have a prayer life, you're living in sin and yet you see things in its preciseness, it is Satan. Satan will compliment you with precision so you stay in rebellion. Because a lot of times you judge your relationship with God based on tongues. If I see speaking tongues, I'm still close. Okay, I'm, I'm still close. And that's the reason why a lot of people are still in rebellion because they gauge their relationship based on supernatural. She saw, she says, here. How come she saw what Satan said and never saw what Christ said? She saw what she wanted to see. Be very careful. Prophecy. Prophecy is not telling you what you want to hear. Yeah. No, that's not prophecy. That is a 21st century perverted, corrupt word of men. But all we have in church, I see a house, I see a car. How about you're living in error? Come out of it. How about you're so rebellious? Come on, come on. Why? why? Why do we only prophesy houses and cars? I hear the Lord say, house, shut up, house is not coming. Tell her to go repent. What we have in church, you wonder why the church is so diabetic. Or sugar-coated prophecies. And we are on insulin. You don't know the reason why? The church is on diabetes type 2. Why? Because all the pastor comes and say, I see you. I see the lights now. You don't see nothing. Shut up, pastor. It is, it is hellish. It is from the devil. I'm, I'm helping you understand, church. And maybe you understand. And that's why you have to be all of it. I like to go every... Be very careful. Listen, because you give, us, you give me too much hard work. I am tired of casting out a demon that the prophet put on you. Every event you are there, everyone has laid hands on your head. And the problem is that they lay hands on your head and they impose on you and impute in you. Sitting, do you know what impartation is? Do you know what it means? Impartation means what I have, I give. And now you submit your head to a man who don't know, you don't know their history. And now you've gone to collect demons. And then you bring it to a TBP for Apostle to, and then you're making me sweat on Sunday, but we're not listening. And when you tell you, ask your leaders if it's okay, not because they want to control you, because they want to protect you. 
even on social media. Some of you, every life you are there. Everywhere. I, I'm like, geez, I want something. I'm like, you. <laughs> no, what the hell is wrong with you? What? You just left here. Hey! And, then, and, and I've seen some false, and I know, you know, you know, you know, they were false and they were false. <laughs> and this man is just lying on you. I say, Amen, I receive. You receive demon and come to church on Sunday and I'll be casting out demons. You're making it hard for us. Because you want to see what you want to see. If, you're, if, if I tell you to go repent, Apostle's trying to stop my gifting. But if a prophet tells you, I see you walking in the supernatural dimension, that's the word of the Lord. Listen, God will not show me no dimension if you're living in rebellion. Are you hearing me, church? People don't understand where we are today. It's not by grace. You know, I was seeing, I, I, I watched, I was preaching. Me, me not, last Sunday, I talked about mission. You may not understand. This man here, for six years of my life, I was in mission. Ghana. Ivory Coast, Liberia, Togo, Mali, for, for seven, seven years. Okay? Seven years, left home. Seven years in another country. Huh. If, you take, if you take the time, you may not even understand. If you take the time, watch my hair carefully, you see my big scar. I and a child. We're the only survivors of 16 people. Mission. Let me say it again so you can hear. Myself and a child at six months old survived a 16 bus to a place called Abakiliki in Nigeria for mission. 14 people died, including us. I saw my death certificate. I woke up five days later for mission. You think it's for mission? You see my, have you seen my scar, babe? You think it's still it's a joke? All I saw was a, a, a big truck coming on the left, and we are going, and he hit the car. All I saw was my face blood everywhere. It was a Monday. I woke up on a Friday with my head bandaged, and the doctor said to me, "Whatever you serve, serve it well." Listen, church. Listen. You know, I saw my death certificate. The, the, the mother of the child died. This thing, ministry, you think we just came out from nowhere? My hand cannot touch my charity date. See another one. See this one. You think this thing is easy? This and the bones, I, I, I don't even know how. My, but for, for ministry, you think, you think this thing is play? I wasn't going to club. I wasn't going to, I was going for mission, God's work. That's 14 people died in the bus, God's work. My head was bandaged for days, woke up five days later in coma. Five days later, God hit, began to preach again. You don't know my story, don't judge me. You don't know, don't, you don't know where I'm coming from. You don't understand this thing called ministry. You don't understand. Seven years I was away from five, seven years doing mission. I slept on the mosquito nets. I wasn't going back from Liberia one year, Ghana, Ivory Coast, Mali, Togo. Young man in my teens. 
Then I finished. I said, Lord God, it's time to walk in the blue, white collar job. Want to be a, 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 the JP Morgan back in the day. You know, I said, God, I want to study. I want to do my MBA. Ah, executive MBA. Now I'm going to be the boss. Son, preacher. Eh? <laughs> Pre-war preacher? If you're not called, don't go. I have receipts for days. I know what I'm telling you. If you are called, I promise you, persevere. The enemy. <laughs> and you tell me after going through this thing that God will not show his face. He's already done it. Now, Bible says, all right, Bible says, she saw that the tree was good for food. It was pleasant to the eyes. And a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of his fruit Eight, she also gave to her husband, Annie. Man, I'll talk to you on Saturday. You know, okay. You know, and man, but you know, but what, what I see this picture was something different. The man, I understood that the woman had broken the law, but he loved her so much, prophet. He loved her so much that he was willing to identify himself with her sin. Jesus, who knew that you had broken the law, loved you so much that he was willing to identify himself with your mess. A picture of Jesus there. It's very easy for us to say, Adam, how dare you eat it? He knew. He, knew she, he took it and ate it. Why? Because he said, to, I'd rather die and suffer with you than let you go by yourself. That level of love. That's what Jesus did. I'd rather come kenosis. I empty myself of my divine. Came in the form of a sinful man and partook of you. That's why I call Pascal the word Pascal mystery. The word Pascal from the word Pashal, which means Pashat, which is the Passover. It means identifying with the birth, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. Adam ate with her. He knew the consequences, but he didn't want her to do it alone, that level of love. That's what Jesus came to do. He knew what he missed. But he who knew no sin became. Jesus did not become a sinner. He became the very sin so that you might become the very righteousness of God. So that when God sees you, he sees you perfect. Romans quickly. Romans chapter number five. Are you there? Say, I know who I am. I am blessed of the Lord. Romans, Paul will talk about the, the space and the state of the believer. I won't stay long here at all. I have to run. Romans chapter number, chapter number five. Thank you. Romans chapter number five, if you're there quickly. All right, like it. Okay. Verse 12 to 16. <laughs> A careful study of the book. Oh, oh, how many of you love the book of Romans? Huh. The most, the most, the most complete, complete treatise of Christian doctrine. Everything about doctrine is in Romans. Everything. Chapter number 1 to 8 is practical. 9 to 11 dispensational. No, chapter 1 to 8 is doctrinal. 9 to 11 dispensational and then 12 to 16 is practical. 1 to 8. Or 1 to, 1 to 8 is faith. 9 to 11 is hope. 
12 to 16 is love. Lovely book. Chapter number 1, 2, and 3 speaks about sin. 4 and 5 speaks about how the requirement for sin is the, uh, for justification, which is faith. Chapter number 6 speaks about salvation. Chapter 7 speaks of sanctification in chapter number 8. But I want to help you understand what Paul would write to the Romans. Because the Romans are Christians here. But see what Paul would say in verse 16. Verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man. Okay, let me correct you. Because a lot of people say stuff that they don't write in the Bible. Satan did not bring sin to the world. Man did. Sin did not come into this world via Satan. It came via the disobedience of man. Satan has no right to penetrate man's government without man's fall. Satan was on the earth before man was created. But even though he was on the earth, the earth was not sinful. Because why? Because the government of man has not flawed. So Satan can only penetrate when you break the edge, the serpent will strike. So Adam had to break the edge for the serpent. So sin did not come into the world because of Satan. Sin came into the world because of man's rebellion. Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered. That word entered carries what you call anthropomorphism. Sorry for the word. It means using objects in the place of men. Are you hearing church? Sin, paripatio. Sin walked in. Are you here in church? Sin, enter. The idea of entering is to walk in. So sin is personified. That's the reason why when you study the book of Genesis chapter number 4, when Cain sinned against God, what did God tell Cain? Sin is at the door. Personified. Are you here in the church? When Adam sinned, sin walked in. Sin has always been there. But did not have penetration because man has not broken the edge. But when man messed up, because sin is a person, not just an act. When Adam messed up, sin entered because man had broken. Church, what is Sabbath? I wish I had the time. Sabbath is not necessarily Saturday. Shabbat means that God's work is complete. When God finished creation, God rested, not because he was tired, but because he had completed his work. So Sabbath was a sign of completion. But that sign is still long because man broke the seal. When Adam sinned, God came out of rest. And God began to rest onto the cross. Or God began to walk onto the cross. Are you following me, church? Sabbath doesn't mean just rest. Sabbath meant that man broke the seal of completion. So what held the world together became loose. And God came out of his rest. God began to walk in the person of Jesus. That he said that he becomes the God of the Sabbath. Of the Shabbat. Are you hearing me, church? The Bible says, therefore, just as through one man's sin entered the world. This world. And death came through sin. Hold on one moment. Hold on. There was no death until sin first came. So what sin did? Sin brought a baggage. Are you hearing me? Of death. Bible says, and thus 
death spread to all men. You know the reason why? Because here's the part that you may not, you will like it. You are not a child of God. You are a child of Adam until you got saved. Everyone who was born on the earth, you are a direct, you are the, you are a child of Adam until you become adopted. Let me enter into a bit of Galatians chapter number four. Because Paul will give you the difference between a child and a son. Whenever you find the word sons in the Bible, it speaks of inheritance. <sighs> All right. You and I see adoption as a woman wants to adopt a child, right? She goes there and gets a child. It's adopted. That's not the Roman view. Because even biological children are adopted. Adoption means it's a festival called Toga Villaris. And that festival means that you have been updated from being a heos to a son, Telios. It means that you are no longer a child. You now become a son for inheritance. He came to his own, and his son received him not. But as many that received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God. We become sons by regeneration. Bible says, therefore, just as through one man sin came, and Bible said, and entered the world, and death came through sin. So when sin came, sin brought a virus called death, and, 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 and spread to all men. All men sinned because one man sinned. Have you watched some vampire movies? I you don't like horror movies. And in some vampire movies, this vampire will if, kill everybody and make them zombies, right? Do you know how to bring resolve? If you kill the mother vampire. Have you seen such movies before? You have to kill the queen. Then <laughs> the king here is sin. The Bible says, spread to all men, verse 13. The Bible says in verse 13, for unto the law, catch this, when was the law? Exodus, right? For unto the law, sin was in the world. But, but until sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. So sin existed before the law. But sin was not imputed in your account because there is no law. So the giving of the law is the knowledge of sin. And the reason why you are judged because you know sin, you know it. Are you hearing me? So sin was in the world, but sin was not in your account. So people sin as the like, but it doesn't record it. It doesn't record on their account because there is no law. What is the purpose of a law? To make you know sin. Are you following me, church? So Adam and everyone was sinning until the law. When the law came, the law imputed in their account because they have broken it. The purpose of the law is to reveal. Not the cleanse. By the way, the law is holy. The law is perfect. The law is righteous. But the reason why the law condemns, because it cannot meet up with the standard of the law. So sin has been in the world, ladies and gentlemen. But the sin was not credited to your account because there was no law. So the law was the one that came and told you, this is wrong. This is wrong. And because you know that it's wrong, it's not imputed in your account. But look at verse number 14. The Bible says, nevertheless, Death reigned. 
Even though the sin was not imputed, death was king. It's called Tenatus. I, yes, the sin was not in my account, but death reigned over you. Even though the law has not imputed your sin, but death was ruling over you. Are you hearing me, church? Death was king. And what is the death? Separation between the soul and God. Death reigned over you. Bible says, reigned from Adam to the before the law. So even though the law came in Adam's time, death has been there from day one. Are you hearing me? So if you say stuff like, well, I was before the law, death was your king. And what is death? It, death is a reward. Death is a payment for the wage of sin. Are you hearing me? Death is the payment you get for living in sin. The wages of sin is death. This is your payment for living in sin. That the Bible says, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is the type of he was to come. So he's saying that those who have not sinned like Adam, death reigned over them. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you this? I've got time going now. Do you know the problem with this scripture right now? In chapter number five, to summarize, death reigned. In chapter number six, sin reigned. In chapter number seven, the law reigned. It was a battle of the throne. Death wants to be there. Sin wants to be there. The law wants to be there. You have no chance to succeed. But these three things are against you. They were fighting to rule over you. They say, it's me. I, I own it. Sin say, no, it's me. These three entities you are fighting that you remain dominated. You who was created to dominate. And that you have been dominated by these three entities. Chapter number five speaks of death reigning. Chapter number six speaks of sin reigning. Chapter number seven speaks of the law reigning. These three entities are saying to you, you will be dominated. But there is hope, church. Then last few thoughts. What is the point in living where these things are fighting against me? The Romans say to themselves, what is the point? Because I cannot win. Let's look at the last verses of chapter number 7 before chapter number 8. I'll rush that quickly. Genesis, sorry, Romans chapter number 7. Oh, Lord, remember those. The last verses. Ooh. I'll read from verse 21, actually. Romans 7, 21. What would you do when all these things that you're meant to dominate over begin to dominate over you? Man has no excuse. <laughs> Romans chapter 7 verse, Romans 7 verse 20, 21 I think. Did I say 21? 21. See, see Paul writing. Because a lot of times you think Paul is a superman. Paul has flaws. Paul had issues. Physically. So much so that when he wrote the book of Galatians, he had to write with a big signature. Why? Because of his eyes issue. His encounter with Damascus. Apparently Paul was not good looking. Said it. The word polos means short. It means small, not just least. Paul said, I'm not of nice appearance. It was a man with flaws. But God used him. Are you hearing me, church? I find then a law 
that evil is present with me. This is Paul. Paul is saying evil is present with me. Are you hearing me? This is Paul, not a superman. The one who we used to do good. Go, I, will do, I want to do good, but evil is present with me. Para. Go, verse, the next verse, keep going. Verse 22. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. That's what I want. But I see another law in my members. I want to do good stuff, but there are other laws that dominate me. I am a prisoner of these laws. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin. This is Paul. Paul said, after I've done all this, I don't want to be a castaway. Paul was saying that these things on the throne are dominating. Paul wanted to say, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members, 24. Oh, wretched man that I am. Paul calls himself wretched. That who will deliver me from this body of death? This death. This death. I've got sin nature that is under constant domination by this death. Who will deliver me from the body of this Tenethos? I love God, but this thing is messing my head. I want to pray, but I see my issues. I'm not qualified enough. Who will deliver me? Paul was asking the brother, who will? Personified. Go on the last verse, I think. He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind I myself serve the love of God. But love sin. Let's go to chapter number 8. I want to rush this chapter number 8. Verse 1, I'm ending. When you think that Paul would have given up because of this game of who will sit on the throne, death, sin, and law, Paul now writes, there is therefore. No, 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 hold on. Paul is saying, even though this death wants to reign, I'm not condemned. There is, therefore, no. Somebody said no. no. Okay. Not even the law, death or sin can condemn you. There is, therefore, now, no condemnation. To who? Those who are. So death cannot condemn you. By the way, this is a full stop. From, who, from this part here, it was added in the 6th century. It wasn't that's not the original manuscript. It was, there is therefore now no condemnation to them in Christ Jesus, full stop. The remaining part was added in the 6th century to explain a point that will, make, that will not make sense much later. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Jesus, full stop. What it means that you don't even have a right to condemn you. Verse 2, let's keep reading. I'll be quick with this. My time, I've got time up. Two, for the, listen. Listen, this is the part you to hear. You are under the law. You are under a law. No man is an ally. You are, you are under a law because you must be governed by the system. 
you are under subject to a kind of law. For the law of the spirit. There was a law in the supernatural dimension. There was a law of the spirit of God. That's why chapter number 8 will speak of sanctification. Are you hearing me, church? Six speaks of Jesus, God the Father. Seven, God the Son. Eight, the Spirit of the Lord. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of what? Put it this way. From the, the law in Christ Jesus has set me free from the throne of death and the throne of sin. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin. In the, Jesus condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled and be done in three minutes in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the one more time who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the my posture my navigation my walk it's not a fleshy one. I walk according to the spirit. It means that everything I do is done because I am in the spirit. Understand this church. You must understand the concept of the eschaton. What it means is that while we wait for him, we wait in him. Are you hearing church? While we wait for the coming of the Lord, we wait in the Lord. And therefore means that as I am waiting in the Lord, there is a promise that there's going to be a coming of the Lord. So what is coming in the near eschaton? I am in him waiting for him. Church, hear me. If Jesus has conquered and sat on the throne of his right hand, where are you? If you are in Christ and Christ is on the throne, where are you? On the throne. You didn't hear what I said? It's a clash of the thrones. If you are on the throne... And you are in Christ. And Christ is at the right hand of his father. You are with Christ on the throne. What that means? That means therefore is that the same throne that you got kicked out of in the garden is even now a better throne, throne because you are seated with the father. Are you hearing me, church? Because in Genesis, God came to man. But in this respect, God is with man. Are you hearing me, church? In Genesis, God came in the cool of the day. But in this instance, God is always there forever, transcendent with man. In the garden, they ate of the trees and hid themselves. But in this case, uh, they sit with God on the throne. Uh, are you hearing me, church? So whatever God is, they become. Whatever God will do, they are doing. Uh, so I am seated with him in the so many say, heavenly places. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Two minutes. Verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, say, I live in the spirit. Say to your neighbor, I live in the spirit. Say, I live in the spirit. 
The Bible says, according to the things of the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse number seven. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subjected to the law of God, nor he indeed can it be. Verse eight. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. While you are there, I want to end with this verse in chapter 8. I don't want to read everything quickly. I'm ending in chapter 8. Verses number, verses number 18. I'll be very quick. So, Junior, run with me. If you hear tongues, pray. Verse 18. For I consider that the suffering of these present times are not worthy to be compared to the glory which is revealed in us. For the endless expectations of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not wittingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into his glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with bad pangs to Together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruit of the Spirit, even ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption of the redemption of the body. For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one this hope for what is seen? The verse 28. Likewise, the Spirit, likewise, the Spirit, likewise, the Spirit, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know how we should pray. As we are, but the Spirit Himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, He who searches the heart knows the mind of the Spirit. Verse 28. And we know all things walk together. We know all things walk together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew that He might also be the firstborn among those who slept. Verse 31. When, what then shall we say to this thing? If God if God what shall we say if God is for us who can be against us he did not spare his own son but delivered him how shall he not freely give to us all things who shall bring a charge against God's elect it is God who justifies who is condemns it is God verse is in number 37 yet in all things Yet in all things, we are more than conquerors. Before you go there, in verse 33, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? He will justify. Who is he who condemns? Bible says, is that God who died? Bible says, who shall separate us from the love of Jesus? Shall tribulation or peril or a sword? Yet in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things to come, nor things yet to come, nor height, nor depth, nor things created, nothing shall be able to separate Say nothing. I end with this. Listen, you are with God seated here. And I told you the last time, 
that death is the separation of the soul from God. But Paul says, nothing shall be able to separate you from this throne. Therefore, anything that has taken dominion over your life, get ready. Because someday, which is today, God shall overthrow. Say yes, Lord. separates you in Galatians chapter number 5 the lust of the flesh but then Paul writes walk in the spirit so you don't fulfill the desires of the flesh hear me once you understand Beyonce lied because who ruled the world is not girls it's Satan what did Beyonce who ruled the world girls she's a lie she lied Beyonce, stop pretending you know. Beyonce don't rule the world. Satan does. How do I know that, Marvin? Satan took God to the mountains and said to Jesus, if you bow down and worship me, I will give you. He has to have it to give it. He is the God of this age. He is the judge of this dispensation. But he doesn't have a right to judge the elect. Because we are no longer slaves. Because we become sons. We've been adopted into the beloved. Whereby we cry, Abba! May I help you? Because I love a bit of theology. In Hebrew, the first word is called Aleph. The second word, Beth, is called Beth. Aleph, Beth which is A-B. The word Abba is A-B-B-A, Abba, I left Beth. But there's a word called Hey, which is the breath of God. The word Hey stands between A and B. So it's I left Hey, Beth. Which is the word Abba or Ahava? The word Ahava means the love of God. The word Abba, oh God help me today. The word Abba means the ruler of a house. A is Aleph. B is Beth, Bethlehem, house of bread. Bethel, house of God. Between Aleph and Beth is the hay. We have the word Yod, hay, Vav, hay. Yod, power of God, hay, breath of God, Vav, the string of God, hay, breath of God. The hay stands between the Aleph and the Beth. Became Abba. And the word Abba means the father of a house, which means Ahava, love. Are you hearing me? God loved us so much. That is made us part of the beloved. What shall separate you? Nothing. Not, not even you. That is your identity in Christ. The devil will not fight you coming to church. He will fight your identity. Not even your sin. Grace abounds much more. Are you hearing me, church? There were things that want to sit on that throne. But guess who you are? Irreplaceable. Insurmountable. You cannot be replaced. You are seated with him. 
I'm from this heavenly place. You have dominion over all things. I sit with him because I reign with him. And because I sit with him, I have dominion over my mind. I have dominion over my thoughts. I can say to myself, lost, get out. I can say pride, get out. I can say fornication, get out. I can say wickedness, get out. Mental health, diabetes, cancer, lupus, infertility, pain, grief. Say, get out. Shout, get out. You know the reason why? Because you're seated with him in the heavenly places. I pray from there. I worship from there. I praise from there. I am joined hands with the Lord. I am seated. I am seated. Come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. Somebody says seated. Next time Satan reminds you and tells you you're going to hell, tell Satan, How can I go when I'm seated? I am joined as. Are you not understanding? You cannot separate me. You are seated. Every day, the priest would make oblation. Sin, a sacrifice that will never take sin away. But this one man, after he has done it, sat down at the right hand of the Father. And if Jesus is seated, I am seated. So tell that problem, I am seated with God. I sit with him in the heavenly places. My eyes are on things above. Sickness, you have no right. See what you do. Finally. church see that practicalize it you're gonna stand up in one minute again one second sit down well this is your posture in Christ now where you are seated begin to pray and say you foul sickness you have no right over my body you poverty hey, poverty spirit I am seated with the king of kings who has 10,000 cattles I am not broke open up your mouth and pray while you are seated I am seated with him in the heavenly places I reign with him I've got no sickness if Christ cannot be sick I am not sick if Christ cannot be broke I am not broke if Christ doesn't have mental health I don't have mental health I am seated this is my posture this is my posture you cannot take my throne you cannot take my throne I am seated pray that prayer while you are seated pray pray that prayer pray that prayer I am seated with the Lord I reign with him pray that prayer pray that prayer pray that prayer Pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. Pray. Pray. 60 more seconds. Pray. 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 